0: Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis, Tavis Smiley. Riley. So there's a new, um, a new series titled The Marriage Pact uh, that is on the Roku channel. Shot in Columbia, uh, the new show follows single friends who must fulfill or break a promise from the past. A pact to marry if both are still single by a certain age. Viewers follow the five participating couples as their relationships are put to the test to discover whether they are truly meant to say, I do. Guiding this exploration as the show's host is best-selling author, popular media personality and intimacy expert, Shan Boudram, and she joins us right now to talk about the intricacies of modern relationships, the challenges faced uh, by couples in the show, and the broader themes of commitment and love that the marriage pact explores shan good to have you on the program how are you today
1: I am doing excellent. I don't know if having Tavis smiley introduce me was on my life bingo card, but now that it's here, bingo! This is a moment I'm really grateful to meet you.
0: You are very kind. Uh, the The honor is all mine, and uh, I am excited about the opportunity to talk to you. Um, your impact is uh, is intense. I mean, you uh, people know you and love you and and, and follow you, uh, and so you've got it. You've got it. You've got to You got uh, uh, Your reach is is expansive. Let me put it that way. Th- this show. This show got my attention and I said to the audience earlier in today's program, uh, teeing up uh, for this dialogue with you, that the way the show is framed, uh, the, the, the the theme of it is fascinating to me. Um, talk to me a bit more about that and the way you the way you get at uh, the, the structure of the show.
1: Well, I regret that I didn't hear what you said because I am really curious to hear what is fascinating to you about it. And that's what I love mm-hmm. about this show is the title itself. It's all you need to spark discussion. It's all you need to get the wheels turning. So I really would want to turn to you and say, what about it fascinated you?
0: Yeah, I I, I think I, I've never seen a show that's, that, that, that's sort of framed in this way, that – you got single friends who have to fulfill, as I said, or or, or break a promise from the past, uh, and if they're still single at this age, we we follow this. We ha- we have to do it. There are all kinds of relationship conversations, relationship shows um, that I've seen, and you know, interviewed people about all kinds of things, but I've never seen one that's framed in this particular way. It's 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 a unique framing, is it not? I think it is.
1: Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, yeah. to me, what's unique about it as somebody who has worked on. A variety of different dating shows before in an expert capacity is most of the time they're people with no commitment prior very few knowledge of each other like sometimes in these dating shows might be someone's like oh my god i swipe on a dating app right. some people on the show had 20 years of history between them so we're not just talking about a friendship or relationship between two people we're talking about a network uh, of lives that are dependent on this risk that they're taking and as we reiterate to the show time and time again, because what we saw the couples were doing was they were really going slow and very cautiously because they wanted to make sure they could go back. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it had to do with the deep history between them, but it's like, you have to acknowledge you can't go back. You'll never be the friends that you were because you guys have decided to really open this door and say, can we do this? Mm -hmm. And so if we're not going to lean in then what's the point of saying yes to begin with, but that aspect of it, that these are real people with real lives, real stakes, um, real, communities that are dependent on this outcome is what made this show so interesting to me and also surprising in ways that I didn't even expect.
0: Yep. Um, some basic uh, and fundamental questions here. Um, how do you find these 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 persons, number one? And, and on this particular show, um, what is it about, again, the, the, the narrative nature of the show that convinces people that they want to be a part of something like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty simple to find couples because you just put the casting out to say, do you have a marriage pact with somebody? And is that marriage pact coming up to its due date? Mm-hmm. And so everybody who's on the show at some point, whether it was a bar, some people it was you know, a night in college, other people it was at a funeral, um, made this pact to say, We have something special i love what we have now isn't the time but in five years ten years whatever it was so everybody had already had this conversation so i think that it hits you if you see that this is an opportunity and then for some people their due date actually wasn't time but they knew in their heart that they really wanted to see like one of the couple's distance was in the way for them so Mm -hmm. what did we do we removed that. We flew them both to the same place and gave them that isolated time to really focus on the connection to see if it was something more, or if it was just a fleeting curiosity that we often get when we don't have a chance to really show and prove if we have genuine compatibility, not just chemistry with someone. So I think that the show really cast itself because, I mean, even your listeners right now, some people in the back of their mind are like, oh my gosh, there's so-and-so from this age and -and (laughs) so-and-so from that time. I said this thing with, would I go and see if there's something really real here? Yeah.
0: Um, we have a host on uh, on my home station in Los Angeles. This show is nationally syndicated, of course, but in my home station in LA, KBLA Talk 1580, we have a guy named Zoe Williams who does a relationship show every night. And I feel like I'm getting into Zoe territory, and that ain't where I'm most, that, that, that ain't where I'm most comfortable. But but I do I, I do want to follow I, I want to follow something you said a moment ago, Shan, and and I, and I received this. That is the difference between compatibility and chemistry. They're not the same things, are they?
1: No, I mean I refer to it as the difference between stir fry and ramen, right? So (laughs) stir fry is all. I I didn't see that coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: all the stuff, right? It's the noodles and it's the vegetables and it's the seasoning. It's all that stuff. But that sauce, the broth, right? Like that's what brings it to life and makes it ramen. Is what makes it saucy. What makes it exciting, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you just had broth, you just drinking bona fide water. And so a lot of people get by on that, thinking that this sauce is excitement, this like lucidness, um, that that's what true relationships is. But it's really both. It is all of the fundamental stuff um, that brings it to life. And so I think that's equally important in many cases. Attraction is the rocket that sets a relationship ablaze and you do need that momentum, especially when you go through hard periods. So I'm not discounting how important chemistry is, but compatibility is ensuring that like, Hey, do we both have the right ingredients and are we willing to bring the best of ourselves to the table?
0: Mm. Tell me about the ways in which the show puts these relationships to the test.
1: So it goes through a series of what does it really take? Right? So we're talking finances, like the not so sexy stuff and the sexy stuff. Mm Yes. We want to see if there's sexual compatibility, but is there financial compatibility? Does my family get along with you? Like, would you actually be a good fit within my given culture? Can we live together? Um, How do we manage chores amongst each other? How do we manage the selection of, of date nights? How do we cope with double dates with other friends? A huge overlooked part is, like, how do we interact in social environments? So we tried as best as we could, which we're so grateful Because I've done a couple of shows, as I mentioned before, that happened during COVID. And sometimes that's special because you want people to really focus on each other. Whereas in this show, we wanted to take as much as possible the real life experience of doing life with somebody and transport that into Cartagena, Colombia. So we really tried to integrate to ensure people were going out, that they were interacting with their people, that they were interacting with money, that they were having hard conversations, that they knew each other's credit score was, and also in addition, saw if there genuinely was sexual compatibility because many of them, that was the last hurdle that they hadn't yet to cross
0: Yep. Um, you mentioned bucket list earlier. Um, one of the things on my bucket list is to get to Cartagena. I've never been there. Um, yes. And I'm, 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 it's, it's on my list. So, But I'm curious though, why, why film in Colombia.
1: Well, it is the marriage capital of the Caribbean. And if, you've, if you want to go, you know, it looks like a dream place. It looks like something that a beautiful love story would foster. And I think that we needed to give those couples that the extra push. And especially because, like I can't even tell you, Tavis, it was – so much more difficult than I thought to get these people to shake the plutonic element free. Mm -hmm. And that also speaks to a big reason why marriage practice can be very useful for people, because they're designed for self-sabotagers, whom, even in the face of all the right ingredients, are so afraid of failure that they don't even want to begin. So I think that if they would have just been in their hometown and things were familiar, it would have been more incentive Mm -hmm. to just go back to their old ways of relating to each other. And we're saying, okay, you've proven you could be friends. You've done it for 20 years. You've done it for X amount of time. You've proven that you can be plutonic. can you have that sauce? Do you have that romance? I think the setting really tried to push and coax that out of them.
0: Yep. When we come forward, I, I want to uh, to probe this. You mentioned a number of, uh, you, you listed a number of items earlier, you know, from money to family to chores, date nights, and and all those things you, you said earlier uh, about um, these issues that couples have to navigate to, in fact, really find out whether or not I do is meant for them. I am curious, uh, Shan, when we come forward as to, what the one or two or three issues are that you find um, consistently end up being the reasons that end up being the reasons for why they ultimately decide that they cannot say I do, marriage pack notwithstanding. What are the what are the, what are the reasons? What are the rationales why they end up saying you know what uh, the marriage pack was nice, but this I do thing isn't really for us. We'll get an answer to that and more when we come forward with Shan on Tavis. This is Shan Boudram, our guest in this hour, talking about a new show on uh, the Roku channel called The Marriage Pact. Uh, I love the show, love the framing of it, the way it's set uh, and the way they get at it. Uh, it seems to me, Shan, that uh, while the show is, is, is about these couples overcoming obstacles to see if there is a romantic spark that could, in fact, lead to something else, the romantic spark seems to be the easy part. I mean, if you've been hanging out with somebody all these years, have known them all these years, the romantic spark, the spark that is, that, that seems easy to me. You you expect that to happen, I, I assume.
1: Yeah, actually, I think there's a... It was interesting when you asked that question. I was like, how do I answer this without giving away what makes the show so great, which is watching mm-hmm. the final outcome of, of the couples. But it's kind of 50-50. So right. I do think that for some, it was realizing that the romantic spark was there. But then when we talked about the less sexy business of relationships, Mm -hmm. there were financial incompatibilities, the timing wasn't right. Uh, Parenting, long-term goals were very different. And so those things, when they really had the conversations that, sometimes what marriage packs can even represent is just protecting a fantasy that we have in the back of our mind, that we have this perfect person that, you know, in the right time we'll get together and everything will be magic, but truly we're just putting on ice the inevitable and not talking about Mm -hmm. the true things of, you know, how did I just spend your day? What are your religious beliefs? You know, how do you want to raise kids? Do you want mm-hmm. to raise kids? So some people it was the unsexy bits, but some people it was that spark. Yeah. So everything else lined up and they were great friends and it was wonderful, but one for one reason or the other, one person just couldn't feel that thing for the other. Yep. Two quick
0: questions here. One are there one or two things that you find when they ultimately decide that they cannot say I do. Are there a couple of things that that you see uh, that are pretty pretty standard, pretty typical.
1: I think yeah, I think self sabotage is one of them. I definitely saw it was a huge case of that where somebody was like, "I'll never find someone like this," but yeah. just did everything they possibly could to ensure that they will not be with that person. And then I think the other side of it is also. The, uh, the the truth of the matter is, is that you're not going to have a dream come true in every area of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of us don't have our dream come true job, but we find a job that suits our needs and allows us to live a good life. And for some of us, our romantic selection may not be what we envisioned or, you know, the all it doesn't check all of our boxes, but the main ones, the important ones. And we know we could do life well with that person. And I think some people are holding out for the fantasy without realizing that there's a functional partner um, who can allow them to get to other dream come trues in other parts of their life. And yeah. maybe they're not willing to do that trade off.
0: I want to ask Shan uh, when we come forward in our remaining moments, a couple of things. One, I'm curious as to whether or not to the extent she can tell me this, I don't want to give away um, you know, too many spoilers here. Um, I'm, one, I'm curious whether or not these persons remain friends. So they've been friends. They made a pact back in the day when they were friends um, when they finally decide for those who decide that they can't say I do, do they still remain friends? Curious about that, number one. And uh, and ultimately, I want to close by asking Shane how she got in this lane anyway. How did relationships end up being her thing? We'll talk about that when we come forward on Tavis. All right, Shane, about four minutes left in this conversation, which I am grateful to have with you. Thank you for your time. Um, let me close with this. Uh, one, when these persons decide, those who do decide that I do is not the answer for them. Do you find that they remain friends afterwards? And if not, what does that
1: say about the pact in the first place? I truly hope they don't remain friends afterwards, at least for a period of time, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, in all cases that we had, it was usually one person who saw more and one person who didn't. I think that you have to allow your brain to mentally allow that relationship to die. Um, you know, we could talk you know, about brain chemistry with that. But mm-hmm. what I was trying to encourage people to say, too, is that you're stringing the other person along. Like, it's the reason why you have to push and see if this marriage pact is real or not, because you're putting a placeholder in the other person's mind that there is a what if. It's got to be a no. And I have to take some time to grieve the no before I think about reentering a genuine friendship with you that is not contingent on the possibility of a what if. So I hope that they stop being friends at least for a year before continuing. But I'll actually talk to them the next couple of weeks and find out.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm curious, finally, how love and intimacy and relationships became your thing, your lane, your muse.
1: I genuinely think that purpose is a thing that you often find yourself having to go back for, unless you came from a, you know, you, you had a f- aficionado for the piano, then that was just naturally encouraged. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just think it was always something I was very curious about, always something I loved. And as I got older, you know, I didn't really see people who looked like me taking up career in this way. And obviously I come from a Caribbean background. I wasn't highly encouraged by my parents, but, um, I kept fighting for it and I just kept coming back to it over and over again. It actually took me a 10 year span or eight year span to truly commit myself to it because of all the fear I had about, you know, putting myself out there in this way, but I'm now 10 toes deep and I've been 15 years in the game and I'm still learning. And I take that as encouragement that this is a life worth living and something worth dedicating your life to.
0: And finally, 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 I'm not naive in asking this, but why is it you think that we need so much help uh, with our relationships?
1: Because they're important. We need help with anything that's important. We need help learning how to cook and learning how to walk. And mm-hmm. at different stages, we need different levels of, of help and assistance. I mean, we're social. We're cooperative. And why not take the help? Why not learn from other people? And, and happiness is not easy. It's nothing we should take for granted and something we should take an active interest in. And I think that's something that was an aha for me is we always looked at love and relationships as this, like, siloed part of our lives. But when you start to learn about it, you see it in everything that you do. And so why not nourish? and Why not learn? I know I'm a student of it. So. I hope I'm a walking example of the power it can do when you devote yourself in this way to being the best lover that you can to yourself and others.
0: I receive it, and I thank you for it. Um, the new show on the Roku channel is called The Marriage Pact. Um, I think you'll be uh, uh, entertained by it. Uh, And not just entertained, but maybe empowered by it as well. There's some lessons in here that you'll learn, some takeaways that you can wrestle with beyond the watching of the show. Uh, Once again, it's called The Marriage Pact on the Roku channel, and its host is Shan Boudram. Shan, thank you for the conversation. Thanks for the show, and all the best to you.
1: Thank you for having me, Travis. All the best to you, too.
0: My great delight. Thank you for your time. Just like that, three hours, poof, gone. Uh, Back tomorrow to do it all over again. Thank you for tuning in.